Welcome back to another episode of the Balance of Sam podcast. I am so, so happy you're here. My name is Sam, if you don't know that already, and I'm going to be giving you mindset shifts to lose weight so you can become the most confident and unstoppable version of yourself in work and life. Seriously, I'm just going to be giving you doses of realness and reminders of how badass you already are. And so I'm really excited that you're spending time here and I appreciate you and love you so much. Now let's dive into the episode. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. On today's episode, I have an incredible guest, my friend and mentor, Jess Benstock. She is a healing mentor and coach for high-performing females. And if you're listening to this podcast, it's likely that you are a high-performing female. I wanted to bring Jess on because she has been probably the biggest catalyst in helping me slow down and breathe and really embrace the stillness. And she is such a breath of fresh air, such a bright light. And I wanted to have her on so that she can just share all that she knows and her energy with us. Hi, Jess. I am so excited you're here. Oh, hello, everyone. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to do this to jam with you. I've always loved our conversations are really fun on the back end. So really fun to record one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so fun, like just being in each other's DMs, like talking about all the things. And I'm like, yo, we should just do a podcast. And you're like, <laughs> let's do it. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> I guess for everyone listening, do you want to share a little bit about you, what you do, who you are, where you live in these days? Totally. Yeah. I'm currently in Ojai, California, which is about an hour north of Los Angeles. Although I will be moving to, the plan is to move to Austin, Texas soon. Like Sam said, I predominantly work with high performing women, specifically on the back end of the emotional work, the mental work, the somatic work. So the parts of the emotions that are held in the physical body, mirrored in the physical body and have direct correlation to the levels of energy that we have. I've been studying this work for 10 years. So I do a lot of trauma healing work. I also do a lot of subconscious healing work. I've been really well-versed in all the different forms of hypnotherapy that there are, NLP. Uh, for about five years, I studied medicine work with the intention at that time to actually be serving in Amazonian shamanism work and oh holding God. ceremonies. I stepped back from that. Um, I didn't even realize that. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, that was a huge, a big chunk of my path. And it was a big thing to step away from too, because I was getting trained under a couple of different mentors really intensively and getting different rights passed to me to be able to do certain things and then getting the hit. Okay, wait, actually this, while it taught me so much, gave a lot to me is not my path. And I don't do that anymore at all. The funny thing about me is that my... So I'm a high achiever at heart, but the way that I've geared my high achieving tendencies has been towards healing and spiritual work. So if mm -hmm. you think about like the high achieving tendencies towards fitness, business, like all of those things, I mean, I have it towards my business too, but my approach to being like the best and doing the, the deepest work and getting the heart and like just going full on and like all my training as much as I could mm -hmm. to the point where I actually eventually hit a level where that got in my way. So I started to realize that even for me doing emotional work from the paradigm that I I had brought in that I needed to do healing work as well, which happens with so many different high achievers when we go into spiritual work, emotional work, and we're like, okay, cool, I'm going to be the best at this. And it's like, well, after a while, that doesn't work either because it's based on a disconnection from yourself, not a deep connection to who you are. It's actually finding your worth without having to be anything other than who you are. That's really where my path, kind of the crossroads came in, where I've got a lot of will. I love working with people that have will. I love working with women in particular. And I get it. Like I, I got the background anatomy of the emotional, mental bodies, spiritual bodies in a way where it, like it works with high achievers. I get how that makeup happens. So that's why I do the work the way that I do. Um, yeah. That's where I get my highest excitement and joy. That's so beautiful. I think, I mean, I can certainly relate myself, you know, a high achiever and in 
we've talked about this, like my past tendency to totally put my worth and directly relate it to how much content I could create or Mm -hmm. how much I could show up on Instagram or how much money I could make, you know, just like how many people I could help. And after a while, it does. It gets so exhausting and it never feels like enough. Well, because in that makeup, it never is. Like, there's nothing that's ever going to replace who you actually are, no matter what you do in the physical world. And that's like, that's really the riddle. If there was a riddle to that kind of, if that pattern was a riddle, it's like, you can't get to the bottom of the well because the bottom of the well is you. not anything outside but it's very alluring because that's what our you know that's what our societal programming tells us and we're steeped in it from very young children and we take it on from our parents I remember um, that was something that we had talked about where I think you had like some a really high achieving parent and Mm -hmm. that kind of passed down and so that's like it's like in the fabric of your being to be that way so it's hard to see that there is a different way Totally. And when I recognized that there was a different way, I judged those people for not being high achievers. I was like, they're lazy. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. I was talking to my friend about that the other day in particular. I spent a lot of time in Central America. I love going to other countries because they're so different, especially third world countries because it's so, so, so different. You know, you go to Mexico, siestas are a thing. Like in the middle of the day when it's super hot outside and when biologically our energy is the lowest while we're awake, they take naps. Mm. (laughs) And And we're just like, let's just slam more coffee and like, it's okay. And and then like, meanwhile, we're like, everyone's just shaming themselves or, oh, why do I feel so tired? But really it's part of our biological system around that time of day to actually need a break to rest, to rejuvenate and then come to the, to the second wind. We just don't have that framework in our culture. So it's not obvious. I would kind of like to dig into that a little bit about, you know, can you talk us through when we are growing up and exposed to different societal conditions or um, what have you, how that does impact you as either a go, 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 I got to just keep going. And I guess what that correlation is like. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's like a good or bad thing necessarily. And our minds always want to be like this good, this is bad. Like our minds are very binary. But I think that on a certain level, you know, there's great things that come from it. Will is a beautiful thing. You can build so much. You can do so much. I mean, entrepreneurs know that. Artists know that. Different people that have taken time to cultivate skills know that will is what gets them there. And perseverance is what gets them there. And we need that in the physical world. We really, really do. And it's in the Western world, it's made monumental shifts in our society. And at the same time, our Western mind is so focused on material. So we're so focused on the body. We're focused on what we can see, what we can touch and what's outside of us and the material gains, the money, the cars, all of that. And again, like it's not that aesthetics aren't good things. It's not that getting fun things to play with in the physical world isn't good. But when you invest all of your worth in something outside of yourself as you grow up more and more as children we just start to identify with the way we're celebrated by our parents Mm. as that being how we receive love so oh you got grade eight like a's on your report card okay your parent is now reacting like happy and they've changed their mood all of a sudden from like being grumpy or disconnected because who knows what was going on in their marriage or whatever at the time like all of a sudden they see a grade a report card you feel safe in your body everything feels safe in the environment they're praising you of course you're going to get programmed like, oh, well, that's the thing I need to do. I just need to keep achieving in different ways like that. Then I'll keep getting that validation, that love. And on a core level, we feel safe, right? It's, it's a very uh, social safety kind of primal, on a certain level, primal programming. But, you know, it doesn't really account for our emotions and needs for intimacy. And so as we develop, why you start to see anxiety, depression, um, all of the different, like different kinds of addictions that come into play, different kinds of self-harm, different kinds of just imbalances, really, if you look at it in a neutral sense that we have, there's symptoms from not having that kind of intimacy. And there's symptoms from blocking off our emotions because, well, if you're crying and everyone gets mad at you, tells you to shut up or thanks you or whatever, you don't feel safe expressing. But if you get a grade A on your report card and everyone's happy and they love you and they give you affection, then of course you're going to be like, oh, Mm. okay, that's what I need to do. And crying is bad. If I cry, I may be in danger. So shove that away. 
Oh, I love how eloquently you just put that. It's, it makes, I mean, for the logical mind, right? It like makes so much sense. You're like, oh, okay. That's why I'm an overachiever. And oh, okay. That's why I'm scared to feel, right? Because, you know, I'm sure all of you guys listening right now are probably experiencing both of those things. <laughs> you know? And we all do, no matter how healed, you know, how much work yeah. you've done. And I think a lot of, a lot of my audience, the worth that they put into, I guess they assign their worth to maybe their body image. And sure, their their work too. But I think the forefront of it is body image, um, what yeah. they look like. And if they don't look this way, then deep down in the core level, they don't feel worthy. Body image is one of the hardest ones. I would, I mean, also being a woman, great growing up as a girl in our society, body image is one of the harder ones because it's imprinted in us from such a young age. We don't even realize it. And now we're growing up in the time of Instagram where like how many, how many pictures are Photoshopped? You don't really know whose butt is real. Like you don't know who's got like fake lips, real lips. And there's nothing wrong with any of that, but the contortion in the mind and the feeling of confusion of worth with the body that you walk around in and being a woman who has like the image of woman on on Instagram or in the media, we don't see hormonal shifts throughout the month. We don't see how stress also affects our hormones and our hormones are in direct proportion to if we can lose or keep weight. Very rarely do we see the real direct experiences of what it actually means to be a real life human being. We have a picture of it. And when you're constantly comparing yourself to an image of what you feel like you need to be and if you're not that image then you need to punish yourself Mm. then you're disconnecting from the thing that at the core is actually going to help you make the shift I mean I'm sure it's funny how many times do we have to hear fitness people saying you know after I lost weight I realized it wasn't the weight (laughs) it's like I don't know how many people have said that Mm. I've heard say that you can still be unhappy if you're not actively accepting yourself in the process and I'm sure that's probably something it wouldn't surprise me if that's probably something you teach your your peeps because they come to you and they're like, Sam, I'm so like, I feel so insecure. I feel so disconnected. And like at a certain level, if you're going to change something, you have to love yourself where you're at first, which isn't easy. That's no, just a like one time thing. Yeah. It's like, okay, I checked that box next. What's on my yeah. to-do list? And you miss it. I think a lot of people, especially in the fitness world, I think a lot of people miss the profundity and the beauty of who they actually are, like on the inside, you know, that if you have connection to who you are, if you have like the full spectrum of your emotions, like the internal stuff, it makes everything that you've gained externally way more fun. Mm -hmm. It's not that it's not fun. It's not that it's not great to be fit. It's also that, you know, if you're fit and you're not feeling good ever, it's not yeah. like that. Yeah, you know, it's like empty. Somewhere. Yeah, it's like, what's the point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, there's something like, uh, you're like, oh, there's just something more. Like, what is that feeling? Yeah. You know, I know I've mm-hmm. had that feeling in the past. Totally same. It's like you're searching outside of you, and the whole time you got all the mojo right in front of you. It's free yeah. inside. <laughs> I would love to talk a little bit about this, like, I guess, coming to a place of more acceptance and what that could look like and maybe how you've done it or how you have your clients do it. Yeah. I mean, especially with women, I love working on sexuality. Sexuality in general has been a huge part of my healing path. But sexuality innately is body-based and energetically is connected to the lower chakras in the body, right? The sacrum, the root, got a little bit of the solar plexus in there, all that like belly goodness. There's something that's so beautiful about awakening the system of energy in the body through sensuality. So really, which again, like doing fitness, you can, it's amazing how I've met women and worked, done healing work on women who they have this beautiful body, but they can't really feel it. Like they can't really like receive sensual touch because something's been shut off from just ejecting out of the more sensitive parts of the body. Whole awakening process of, you know, receiving touch and being able to, it sounds so simple, but it's profound. Being able to really be, um, you know, be present in the natural kind of movements of your hips and the, the movements of like what it feels like when someone's hand is tracing across your skin and, and these kinds of like things like hip circles. I 
love, like really being able to breathe, like undulating your body. And there's something so innately feminine about what happens when we start to do certain movements and when we start to awaken sensuality that allows for something to de-armor a bit, defrost, and it allows our mind to get out of the way and just to be like, oh, pleasure, aliveness, Mm -hmm. that feels good. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't tell you how it's totally related to self-acceptance other than when you get the mind out of the way and you feel really, really good in your skin, something just switches, something changes. And it's a practice. Again, it's not a one-time thing, but it's so empowering and it's rare to, to really see it. I think we're seeing it more and more in the world now. You just touched upon something that I just want to segue before you touch next steps. But when you talked about like being in your body and like, you know, moving your hips, right? I see so many women who want to dance or talk about dancing, but they're so uncomfortable. They basically are like, I can't be in my body. I I just don't get it. It's so uncomfortable. Like I feel like a robot, you know, like they're like, Mm -hmm. and it's like the creaky, like we got to dust away the cobwebs. (laughs) Is that what you're kind of talking about? Is that like disconnect body? Yeah. And if, even if you think about, I'm like all, I love weight training. So I'm all in on like, there's just something that it really feeds in me, but there's something so repetitious and mechanical about it. I mean, it is repetitious and mechanical by nature, which is why it works so damn well. But like you get really good at those movements because you're practicing those movements. The kind of opposing end of the spectrum of movements that kind of match those or would balance those out is also the flowing, right? It's like your joints, it's your ligaments. It's like really being able to allow for things to let go and move and not be so controlled and it's a it's a practice but it fe- but it is like we have again so much shame around oh, what if I look stupid and I need to do like I don't want anyone to see me looking stu- like most people look stupid when they dance like they look silly we look silly humans are yeah. silly creatures when we move around silly it feels really good but it's not necessarily going to look perfect and so we have to kind of face this thing that's constantly judging ourselves or again how we look I think a big part of that starts to occur when you give it like give yourself the permission like mm. okay I'm, I'm about to look super silly yeah awesome great and I'm gonna feel super awkward at first when I do this like every single skill that I learn I feel super awkward at the beginning and I'm gonna embrace the awkward and I'm gonna move with the awkward I'm gonna let the awkward move through me all right cool like now that the awkward's moving through me I'm gonna let the you know like you just keep kind of moving past the layers letting each part of it be okay and I think with any kind of transformational work I've learned that's a huge part of it by default you'll come up to places that you feel uncomfortable and awkward and weird and like you don't know or you don't want to and by default you have to move past the threshold or through the threshold of I don't know how to do this yeah but I'm gonna keep doing it anyways until something clicks you know oh my gosh that for me just to put this in like real life experience that for me is breath work I'm learning but it's so fucking awkward and the whole time I'm doing it I'm like all right don't think about the fact that you don't know what you're doing you know and so there's like moments where I'm in it and I'm like (gasps) I'm like breathing and then there's other moments where I'm like Sam you are doing this wrong this is awkward there's like like you can't breathe you got dry mouth like my fingers are tingling right like you're you're like in the process of like judging yourself where you're supposed to supposed to air quotes just be in your body you're like god why am I (laughs) your mind's Uh take over it's so crazy yeah that threshold is i love breath work i love anything that really gets you to that threshold breath work has such a beautiful it's just such a head-on way to do it because all the safety mechanisms all the security mechanisms of the mind are gonna click in and they're gonna just grip you normally after those phases in breath work in a lot of different kinds of subconscious healing work like whenever that gripping is happening and you're like what am i doing i don't know how to do this i'm doing it wrong Uh, this is awkward and you keep going, you'll get emotional releases. You'll get big bouts of tension that release. But at first it's like all the resistance hits you head on. All the resistance is in your face. Yeah. And you can really, once you start to move through it, you realize like... The mind doesn't actually know what it's doing anyway. Yeah. The mind never knows what it's doing. It just likes to think that it does. You know, that's that's its nature. It's to keep us feeling like we're in control, we're safe, we know what's going on. And I think that's why emotions too, when we start to come up against them in any form, whether it's breath work, whether it's in an intimate relationship, whatever it is, no matter how intelligent you are, something just is like, what is that? Like, mm-hmm. how do I, what is this? This doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> we try to reassert control. 
I remember the first time I ever heard like, you can't logic your way out of feelings. It was this moment of like, aha for me, because my whole life, I've always tried to figure myself out, you know, mm. and like, like, why am I feeling this way? Or like, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I, you know, the whole like trying to fix myself, Yeah, not really knowing and maybe you can speak to this, but not really knowing like the mind just is trying to keep you safe and the body is doing its thing. Emotions are coming and going. And <laughs> like my logical mind was like, gotta control these things or can't feel these things. And if I feel this, then I'm going to eat. <laughs> Right, right, right. Totally. Because that's, I mean, we will look for anything to numb because we're not taught. I think so a huge part of that, I think, is that we're a very, we're very emotionally stunted. And I've been saying we're a really emotionally stunted culture, but I wonder if there is a culture that's not. Mm. I'm sure there probably is in different degrees, but we're not taught about how to process emotions. If we were taught how to actually process emotions in a really healthy way that allowed for emotional charges to come up, that allowed for us to be messy, you know, we all know we're messy as fuck with our emotional triggers behind the scenes but in social life we're just very put together and we're very, you know there's a lot of socially unacceptable emotions but we know they exist they're not it's not like a, a secret yeah but somewhere because we don't have an integration of what we feel which is also part of why we've lost intimacy with each other and because we're not taught how to process emotions from a younger age we cut them off because we feel weak we feel attacked and we find other coping mechanisms so when you're a child and this is what you and I were talking about too as far as the um the food thing goes you know mm-hmm. so many kids when when you're an infant and you're crying your mom you get a boob mm. you know or you get a bottle that's what soothes you it makes sense on a really primal level that food is going to make you feel safe but if what's really going on is that you're feeling something and you're not present with what you're feeling, you're not talking to other people about it, you're not, a lot of the shame that can come up. I mean, we walk around with so much shame that we just, about feeling, we feel like we don't want to feel, we feel like if other people know what we're feeling, then we're going to be a terrible person. We basically shame ourselves subconsciously for being human all damn day because no one's taught us how to integrate other parts of our humanity, which is how we feel. And so then you end up with the addiction to coping habits, the, the self-harming, things like emotional eating, and then all sorts of fun levels of anxiety and depression that come along with it. And, and then we slam some coffee after we take a sleeping pill the night before and we try to do it better the next day. <laughs> yeah. We hope that we figure it out. Yeah, maybe it'll be gone this time. <laughs> but that's the, the beauty of doing the deep work is when you start to feel it, you start to let things express. When you let yourself be messy and be held, your body is so intelligent it will literally reroute energy so that no longer are you feeling depressed. You're no longer are you feeling anxious. You're actually, you know, you if you have a big emotional release, you may have a little bit of hangover for a couple of days. It took a lot of energy to do that, but you'll you'll have more space because you're not you're not repressing, 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 pushing back years of pain. You know, it's that's I think that's really the thing that's going on is we just have this bank account of pain that we haven't totally let ourselves process and we haven't known how because we haven't been taught to do it. This is exactly, I think, what everyone listening, myself included, and I'm sure everyone, like, this is the message that is needed right now. I I so, like, believe is what you just touched upon, like, the bank account of pain that we have been pushing down. And I know for me, the way I pushed it down was with food and, like, literally eating till I was sick, you know, like, pushing down the the emotions in my body to numb because I I didn't want to experience anything other than positive emotions because I thought they were wrong or bad. Yeah, that isn't that weird. It's that's the thing that really trips me out. The longer I do this work, the more I'm like, well, we don't have a real picture of what it means to be a human being. Everyone feels this shit in different degrees all the time in secret by themselves because somewhere we've internalized some kind of teaching that it's wrong, bad to to feel anything but happy and good and the sitcom version of life. But then on the other hand, whenever I hear someone that speaks and I'm like, you know, there's like certain leaders, normally for me they're like over forty, but there's some that aren't but when people speak and they have depth and there's just this presence and it's dense and it's full and I'm just so impacted by them normally it's because they've gone through and processed a lot of the depth of their humanity you know where and what I mean by that is like their day-to-day life pains and they've looked it in the face they've integrated it they've been with 
their suffering to the point where things have had time to transmute. To me, that's really what, you know, what it is to, to be a full human is to allow that level of intimacy with myself. And for me, that is also what allows for intimacy with other people. Because mm. when I when I would emotional eat too, I was like, I was always isolated. Like I was never around anyone else. Right. I was always by myself. I always like wanted love, but then hated myself after. And it was really this push-pull inside of myself that wanted, probably wanted affection. I know for me, affection is really a really big healer. Yeah. Wanted to be held while I broke down, like wanted to feel safe and okay. No one told me that it was okay. I just was told it was bad, but it doesn't actually make sense. Like we're, we're humans, you know, we're not, we're not cookie cutter sitcom actors, <laughs> yeah. you know? How do you support your clients through this when they are so used to numbing or dismissing or denying themselves of feeling? Uh, it really depends person to person. It used to be that I would use like really specific systems, but after, I mean, after 10 years of doing it, I've learned a lot about different kinds of people. Sometimes it can be as simple as like, I'm just going to sit with you and I'm going to talk about your past with you for a while. When you hit an emotion, we're going to be super present with that. And we're going to go into it as much as we can. And then I'll do hypnotherapy on them to go even deeper. Sometimes I will catch, you know, I'm really good at catching when people are kind of glazing over things and I'll go back to what they're glazing over. Like, I'm fine, but that's okay. And it's, and I'll really point to it. And at times I'll be really like, I will match what I feel them repressing. And this took me years of facilitating to feel comfortable with, but sometimes I'll be like, yeah, well, I'm like, it sounds like you're really fucking pissed and like hurt that that fucking happened. And they're like, whoa, what? The, and then they'll be like, oh my God. Yeah, you're right. I am. Yeah. That's okay. Like, yeah. it's okay. Like permission that slip. That way. <laughs> and sometimes it'll be really deep, like going into like really acknowledging like where they've been fighting for a lot of people it's like I want you to sit and I want you to feel how fucking hard this has been and how you're really not you're really trying to do everything that you can and you don't know what to do and you feel really lost and they'll just break down and other times it's like I want you to feel your fucking rage and scream at me and I'm going to scream at you back and we're just going to go into how angry you are that no one fucking saw you and then we have a scream fest or whatever sometimes if I'm in person I'll wrestle them and then <laughs> I love that yeah and then and then they break down and like you feel the emotion behind it normally anger is covering you know it's the protector emotion and normally is cover covering up so there's a lot of different things regression hypnotherapy is really big tool that i use that's so powerful i think meeting you said like matching the emotion to the emotion and giving yourself or giving you know your client or you guys listening giving yourself the permission to experience the emotion without the judgment or without the shame yeah like if you're by yourself like it can be a little bit harder if you're by yourself but what I, what I do for myself when I'm by myself is like, I just give myself full permission to be messy. So I used to be like, oh, well, I'm not allowed to be mad at someone else. It's like, okay, great. I'm not going to go attack them. But if my body feels like I want to attack someone, I'm going to scream. I'm going to thrash. I'm going to listen to metal music. I'm going to like let whatever is building up move through me. And then I'm going to let myself be present after it moves, breathe, feel what's going on in your body. Maybe I'll cry after that. Or, or if I feel really hurt from someone, I'm not gonna I used to be able to be really good at when someone would hurt me mm -hmm. I would then go it was like I would turn into a transformer and kind of like swallow it tuck it away and just like uh, like yeah. like flex <laughs> <laughs> and now if I'm at home and that happens or if it happened earlier in the day like I'll let myself be in it for a while the key of letting an emotion move is not shaming or judging yourself for having it because if oh you're God. shaming or judging yourself for having it you're just kind of like you're gonna let it linger instead of just like if you need to throw a tantrum Oh, a tantrum. If you yeah. feel really hurt, let yourself grieve and then your body will heal. But if you push it away or if you try to only do it in the perfect way, you're going to feel constipated emotionally, basically. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you just said that. I think that from personal experience before even like having our conversations, that was something I felt emotionally. I was emotionally constipated. I didn't understand that I even was emotionally constipated. I just yeah. felt stuck, you know, mm -hmm. and on like the hamster wheel mm -hmm. and it wasn't until some something happened I don't remember what it was or else I would share it but I got really mad and I noticed myself not allowing myself to get mad like I was mm -hmm. like no Sam you're fine it's not a big deal just move on like you're good you're a strong person blah 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 you know I'm like co trying to like coax myself into not being mad and um, I'm having this war in my head right and and then finally I'm like no I'm fucking pissed right and I'm like slam my, my fist on the table I don't 
don't, I wish I remember what it was about. And I just was like, I need to go beat something up. And I'm like, I need a punching bag. I need a bed. I need a pillow. And I just went fucking ham. And <laughs> while I was doing it, I'm like, I swear to God, if anyone walks into my house, they're going to think I've lost my shit. <laughs> yeah, and I don't totally. fucking care. I was just like, I was so mad. It was probably one of the first times I ever let myself just be mad and mm-hmm. not feel guilty about it because I was like, I have the right to have every emotion. Fuck everyone. I was just like, totally, <laughs> totally. Yeah, and, like, and owning it. <laughs> especially with something like emotional eating, which is, it is like a form of self harm. It can be a really big form of self harm, especially when it goes to like, like stuffing yourself and then binging, which is something that I did when I was younger. My personal experience, one of the things that I would do when I was super young, like 13, and I would be in full rage mode and I wouldn't know why, I would cut myself to calm myself down. And what I realized over a whole phase of healing work and de-repression of my emotions is that I had turned my anger in. So I tried to control my anger by turning it in. And I had to have a whole phase of de-repressing my anger to let it just be okay that sometimes I was in a violent fucking rage. And I just needed to do exactly what you just said, let it flow, let it move. And then I was no longer inflicting pain on myself. And so it's like that kind of thing where you're like, yeah, I feel like a cra- you feel like a crazy animal because you're a crazy animal. We're we're in these mammal bodies. Like yeah. anger is a primal response. <laughs> Yeah, so letting it letting powerful. it flow through. You guys listening, this is your permission slip to feel anything you're feeling for so long. And I'm sure for you just too, it's like you spend your entire life not allowing yourself to feel anything below boredom. Any negative emotion, you're like, nope, not gonna happen. Or like, I'm good. No, we're gonna just glaze right over that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just gonna say a lot of the time it's because we're programmed to think it's weak. Yeah. Like weak people feel, weak people cry. And a lot of the time, like that's very much in men that they're raised with that even more so than us but like we still internalize that too and especially in our society it's like I don't know like you can't you can't feel and be professional or whatever but every time I've really had to be present with my sensitivity present with my depth present with my emotion present with pain I did not feel weak at all like I had to be real strong (laughs) like really present in the midst of that to be able to be fully in the feeling and so it's kind of like I don't know where we get this concept that it's weak because it actually is to really move through it and be present and go through the processes of healing. It's like takes an immense amount of will and strength to do so. I love that shift, like that pardon shift from being like, oh yeah, feelings are weak to no feelings are actually just proving that you are strong enough to handle them and you are an incredible human with the full spectrum of emotions. Totally, totally. And sometimes you're going to have to flex. Like sometimes it doesn't mean that you can't flex anymore. It doesn't mean that everything you earned along the way to achieving is all of a sudden going to be gone, but it's going to have to integrate in with the parts of you that the, the cool thing about emotions is as you integrate them, you get much more intuition because your emotions act like, so whenever you're going through an emotional outburst, whenever like you feel an emotional outburst or break, uh, whenever you're going through burnout, whenever you're getting into multiple fights with people, whenever you're doing anything that's like addictive or harmful patternings, whenever you just want to like sleep in forever because you don't want to face the world. Those are all just symptoms of your emotions telling you, Hey, I want you to pay attention to something. And that something could be like, Hey, I want you to pay attention to the fact that there's a bunch of people crossing your boundaries and I'm actually not okay with it. And you're just letting it happen over and over again. And I'm telling you, I do not feel good. My energy is now compromised because of that. And that's the intelligence behind emotion as well, where it's like your relationship fights are trying to tell you something like your emotions are always trying to tell you, Hey, there's other things going on in your energy that you're not paying attention to. And that's ultimately why you get burnout because you know, you don't listen enough and your body is going to be like, well, you're not listening to your emotions. So I'm going to like just shut down now. (laughs) Yeah. I think like that's such a great point around like there, it's like these little signals. It's like when you're going down the highway and and you see the sign on the side of the road, you know? I think the first step really, like we talked about at the start, is like accepting that you have these things and then the awareness of them so that you can let them flow and like you can't control the emotion, but you can observe it. You can just like let it be, like Mm -hmm. let it do its thing. 
What is something that you recommend for people that have a really hard time doing that? Like, do you have any tips for starting to observe or starting to be okay with? Yeah. So any time, you know, if I, if we go back to how I was saying, like, we're not really emotionally matured. So what happens is when certain parts, we don't even recognize that there's certain parts of ourselves that like can stop maturing, (laughs) but we grow into an adult. But if you start to see different adults, adults can function like children and it's because their emotional bodies a lot of the time are not mature. So if we take that into, it's easier to see bad things in other people. So maybe that might suppose going on in ourselves somewhere too. How would you be with a child if a child was uh, scared or triggered by something? Mm. You wouldn't be like, you need to emotionally process this right or you're doing it wrong or bad. Like you would do what the child would want, which is to hold them, tell them like, it's okay. I've got you. I'm here. You don't understand what's going on. It's okay for you to be confused. It's okay for you to not literally not know what to do right now. This is new. It's okay. It's yeah, it's scary. Yeah. You may not know why you got triggered by that thing. You may think that like you know it there's there's unequivalent you can be emotionally triggered by something that you're like I have no fucking clue why that triggered me like it doesn't make sense in my mind but it doesn't have to make sense the point is you show up for yourself and go hey like I know this is really hard I know it's really scary but I'm here I'm here with you 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 and you keep learning to extend that kind of presence to yourself and then the other key is curiosity curiosity is like a technology for inner growth work because we normally are going good, bad, black, right, and broken need to be fixed. And that's never really true when you get to the bottom of it, everything's nuanced. And so having curiosity, like, well, I wonder why I'm triggered. Like, why would that, like, I wonder how, like, why that made me feel that way. There's always a good reason. Um, And I think going in with, with the permission slip that from what I've observed over 10 years, anytime someone feels the need to protect something, which is what happens when you're triggered and in pain, whatever you're protecting is precious. Mm. You wouldn't have to protect it if it wasn't precious. So treat yourself like that. Treat yourself like instead of being like there's an issue or something's wrong with your process, you need to attack someone else or defend yourself or make an excuse for why you did something the way that you did or reprove yourself and, you know, go back and show that you're stronger. Maybe pay attention to the fact that there's something really precious inside of you and it has an intelligence and it wants your attention and that's why it's speaking and take time with it. Be, learn to be soft with yourself, learn to hold yourself like a child and those parts of you will start to mature. But softness is one of the keys. Softness is really where we totally underestimate the power of softness and it has the ability to melt a lot of things. That's probably the biggest lesson you taught me. When we had that conversation around when is enough enough? Mm-hmm. And yeah, you were going all the way to infinity. And I was like, I think Nathaniel was the one that caught you. Yeah. And I'm sure you guys can relate, like always going, always doing or, you know, making progress and it doesn't feel like it's ever good enough or maybe you don't feel like you're ever good enough. And it was this conversation of like kind of tying back to where we started, like searching for for all the answers outside of ourselves, But at the end of the day, like, emotions don't make sense. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) And the more we try to figure them out, the more that we fucking turn into, it's just, it becomes a clusterfuck in our head. Yeah. We're like on a neurotic rat, like hamster wheel. Yeah. Because the mind isn't your emotions. So it's never going to get them. (laughs) Right. It's like two different currencies or something. I guess that I would love to just kind of wrap up with if you have any any advice or strategies for a lot of the women that I I work with and that reach out to me and you know my own past uh, disordered eating right like with emotional eating uh, it's it's obviously so complex and it can come from like it can happen for so many reasons but I would love to just hear where you think it kind of the the origin almost um, you know not back from when we were talking about with like nurturing and, you know, getting the boo. But in terms of how we use food, you had briefly touched upon it when we were in like DMs messaging. And I would love for you to just share like your kind of opinion on um, why we do emotionally eat. 
Well, it's, there's the compounding things of what I've talked about. There's this, all this societal pressure. There's the pressure we put on ourselves. There's the psychology behind restricting ourselves from certain things. And then the backlash of survival inside of us that is going to inherently, if you feel totally starved, <laughs> you are going to try to conserve energy. Your body is going to lash back and try to eat. And yet, it's going to do that when you don't feel safe, when your nervous system doesn't feel safe, when your internal sense of self feels threatened. One of the things that I think is really important is to look directly at your, when you're in the moment, like, the, you know, those moments where you're just right before, right before you do it. And it, you're, there's this peak, peak, intense, full, for me, it's like every single sensation is lit up in my body. There's this full body state of for me when I went through it it was self-hatred mm. but there was also um, I mean there's different versions of it but whatever that story is for you whatever and it's not I recognize it's not just a story it's very intense but whatever that is for you in those peak moments right before you do it look into what it is that you're trying to get and start to see okay what can I express from here what can I do from here I know that I want to go to you know the oreos or the sorbet or whatever it is but in this moment what can i maybe that's screaming maybe that's pounding your fists on the ground maybe that's like what is it that the energy in your body is feeling and how can you start to start to move it because a lot of the time the act of eating is just a i mean it works on a physical level but it's an embodiment of a form of pushing something down and so by default you actually need to express something out and you again you may feel crazy you may feel like you're like screaming or howling or doing all sorts of things but you need to let yourself feel what that peak intensity that is going on right before you go into eating is doing and then give that an outlet yeah. because a lot of the time we can't really be present with the intensity we fear the intensity it's uncomfortable to be in the intensity we don't know what to do with the intensity it's it's really just a mechanism in your body that's trying to get you to express something externally because normally before that you're probably thinking shit about yourself you're mm -hmm. probably comparing yourself you're probably telling yourself all sorts of secret stories and then cumulatively the domino effect adds up and then you're in that moment of peak intensity and that moment of peak intensity is a, this cumulative response that I know in the fitness world a lot of the time has to do with some kind of comparison and some kind of like self-shaming yeah. and you got to get to know like why why is the shame there can you be with the part of yourself that feels ashamed can you be with the part of yourself that feels vulnerable and trapped behind that and once you start to source back the kind of domino effect and be with the part that feels ashamed be honest about that because shame the only way that shame actually keeps you stuck in its grip shame has its own agenda its agenda is for you to isolate and cut off and hide the only way that it's going to keep you stuck in its grip is if you if you're not honest about it and it's the scariest thing to be honest about what you're ashamed about but if you can start to be honest about what you're ashamed about you get a little bit more freedom you get a little bit more will your will is a little bit less trapped and if you can let yourself feel the emotion behind what comes up when you are honest about it then you get a little bit more will and each time it, go, it keeps going back to like the self-honesty but normally the trigger is so fast mm. but it's all in like we feel it in 0.5 seconds and really it's this cumulative effect of something that's building up and so you got to start to study yourself quite a lot more I think the reason that we just go to it is because we don't even notice that kind of domino effect does that make sense a hundred percent cool yeah I mean I, I think like recognizing your triggers for sure is is so powerful and it's a, it's a practice that I still practice on like every day you know really? um, and I think one of the biggest ones for me is I think two for me boredom just because it's like a neutral a neutral mm. space and that for me feels uncomfortable because I like to have a lot of energy whether it's like high or low the middle is like whoa this is weird you know <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I don't know about this. <laughs> uh, and the other one is um, comparison and not thinking I'm beautiful. It could be like, like you said, I think 
it's it's not a singular thing that happens in a day. It's like all these micro glimpses of maybe mm-hmm. myself in the mirror or like scrolling past a beautiful girl on Instagram that maybe photoshopped, so who knows, but like, you know, these little things. And at the end of the day, at five, six, whatever time I'm done working, you know, it's like, oh, I can breathe, you know, because life's crazy. And, um, and then all you want to do is just chill and then you're already in the momentum of fast you mm-hmm. eat and it's like this whole thing you don't even have the time to to step back and get curious with yourself about what is it that I'm actually what do I want what like what do I need right now is it food or is it just like someone to tell me they love me <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's something that, especially with the self-image thing, it's like, and if you're on Instagram a lot and that's part of your job, like clock, clock the voice, clock the voice, clock how many times that voice is just like hammering you throughout your day where it's become such a big part of the background noise that at the, like you're saying, the end of your day, you're like, well, got this surplus of self-shame going on. <laughs> yeah. Going to add that to my food choices today. Yeah. You know, it's like. My piggy bank's exploding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it messes with our sense of internal navigation. It messes with our internal comfort. The thing also that's so beautiful about really the feeling of being beautiful is it really comes from those like the sensuality practices being in the body, the movements in the body, this sense of like this internal uh, connection to life that we have. Women specifically have this very interesting association in our brains between desire, food and sex. And Mm -hmm. so we will go for food. Sometimes like we may want to masturbate or we may want to move our bodies or we may want to create something or like smell something really good. Like our full sensory experience may want to be activated, but we just think food Mm. and we don't think movement. We don't think any other kind of nourishment. And there's so many different kinds of nourishment that you can get from, you know, setting up your space in a super zen out way or like playing a guitar or having fun singing or dancing. And I know all this stuff sounds so silly and so simple, but how often do we really take like, not just like a five minute time, but like an experience, like we create a full experience for ourselves to indulge in sensation. And sensuality is all about sensation. Most people think sensuality is just about sex. It's not. It's about feeling the full sensation of your body, letting things come alive in your system, um, letting yourself experience things. And it, it somewhere it just nourishes us on really, really deep levels. And um, yeah, I think that's a big part of it. And it may be that like, you just want to have some really good sex and you haven't done that in a while. Exactly. Like that's okay for that to be there too. And it's so, it's so connected because it's like, we're talking about like your belly also like the lower part of your belly, like right under your belly is your sexual center. Mm. So like, it may be that some other part of you is hungry. You don't know because you're just associating them with the same kind of like space in your body on a like subconscious level. So you go towards food. Yeah. But there's so many different options. And I think that feeling of feeling beautiful internally from sensuality is that one's a game changer. I've always seen that one shift yeah. things in, in women. Oh my God. So beautiful. I've learned so much and I'm really excited to hear what everyone listening has to say as well because I think there's also just like a lot of shame around emotional eating in general and it's like hey you know what if you want to emotionally eat you can and it's okay it's not a bad thing I think as soon as I let myself just be like it's not a bad thing it's okay it became less of a thing totally because you get the shame away then you got you have more will you're like fuck it I'm going in baby yeah (laughs) exactly and that's like with everything with anything in healing it's that like if you just because all that is is going I'm gonna actually accept that this is a thing I do and I'm gonna let myself consciously do it and then you gain more will back because you're not like fighting yourself while you're doing it and then you know you like take the power yeah exactly (laughs) jinx (laughs) (laughs) on that note I think that would be an awesome time to kind of close things up and and I just want to say like thank you um for being probably the first woman in my life to help me slow down like Mm. you and Nathaniel your partner like I am so I'm so 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 grateful that we have like we got to meet and also that you're on here because I know that 
people listening are are going to benefit from this. Um, it's so empowering just hearing like that we have permission to feel. And I've been talking about it so much lately because I've started to do it for myself. So now I can I can share it, and I couldn't think of a better person to bring on and share share. So thank you, Jess. Yeah, you're so welcome. You guys, just you're you're human. Let yourself be human. It's beautiful. It's messy. It's all of it. Yeah. Thanks for letting me be on here, and I also I I just really appreciate you and everything you're doing and sharing and your spirit. Your spirit is so. I remember seeing that when I first got into your mastermind. I was like, she's so bright and sunny and like just willing to dive in there. And that's so, so, so needed. So thanks for doing the work that you do and offering your work to the women that you do and the way that you do it, love. I really appreciate you. Yeah, I love you. Um, And where can everyone find you on like social media, on the internet? Um, Do you have anything coming up that you want to share about? Yeah, so Instagram is my jam more often than not. I want to start to feed my Facebook feed a little bit more. I totally neglected it recently. Recently, but Instagram Jessica.benstock. Uh, my website is just jessicabenstock.com. I do have an emotional intelligence course coming up soon that will probably, if it's not out by the time this podcast airs, I'll definitely be doing a lot more promo for it. And you can check the links in my bio on Instagram for that, cool. as well as my website. That's yeah, that, that's okay. the main way. I'm yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm doing that one and then a, a sensuality one that kind of is going to pair with it and next year I'm, I'm looking into doing a practitioner course too but all yeah, the things <laughs> yeah yeah but for right now that's what I've got going on there I've also got some free a free hypnosis session that's specifically based in getting back in your body slowing down sensuality on my Instagram uh, bio too if you guys want that it's got binaural beats it'll drop you deep pretty quick cool yeah I'll put a link to all of the things that you just mentioned in the show notes so you guys can check that out but go definitely follow Jess she is so impactful especially if you are a high performing female um, and you've struggled with just feeling she will help you do the feeling that's for sure (laughs) being in the feminine being in your body well thank you so much again i hope you have an amazing day and i will catch you soon beautiful thank you love love you bye you too bye Alrighty, that wraps up another episode of the Balance with Sam podcast. I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope this episode helped you. I know that Jess is such a bright light and she has opened my eyes to finding stillness and peace and being okay with emotions and being okay and giving myself permission to feel anger, frustration, sadness, maybe things that we have been told aren't okay to express. And in fact, the more we resist, the more it persists. So Thank you again to Jess for just really walking us through what it means to be human, right? And that our body does not mean that we are or aren't worthy. Our accomplishments don't mean that we are or aren't worthy. You are worthy. You are enough as you are and anything beyond that that you do or that you are is bonus. So just remember that in times where you feel like where you currently are or what you currently look like isn't enough. I just want to remind you, and so does Jess, that you are enough. We love you so much. I'm so grateful you're here. If this episode helped you, please screenshot it and tag us in your stories so that we know that we are actually creating an impact. We know that we can deliver better content for you and that helps you in your own healing journey and healing your relationship with food and your body and yourself. And I just want to say thank you so much for being here and taking time. Can't wait to catch you on the next episode. Have a kick-ass week.